has been an exciting couple hours for sports news. I don't even really know how to process all this, but a lot of shit has dropped in the last couple days, weeks, uh, especially for the Ravens. If you're a Ravens fan, you're not feeling so good right now. We just a couple weeks ago learned that J.K. Dobbins will be missing the entire season. Uh, last weekend, after that, they learned they lose Justice Hill. And then today, they lose Ju- Gus Edwards, presumably for the season. We don't know. As of the time of this podcast, we do not know for sure if that's the case, but it's very likely the case. When, when teams fear an ACL tear, it's very, very rarely is it not an ACL tear. So Ravens go out and sign Devontae Freeman. They already signed Le'Veon Bell last weekend after the Justice Hill thing. I mean, this, this stuff is all coming out. And then also, in running back news, DeAndre Swift might be murdering some folks. Yeah, and uh, the Ravens also lose Marcus Peters, like, yep. who's a, you know, top 10 cornerback in the NFL. Who they're paying. Yeah. A lot of money. amount of money. Yeah, they actually just signed him. I was looking at it. He's got a, a $40 million deal, $32 million guaranteed over the next three years. It's a lot of cash gone. Dude, you got to get that field turf fixed first, man. Whatever it is that's causing these injuries, like in practice, like you got to get get that taken care of. If I'm the strength and conditioning coach, I'm fucking sweating right now. It's not a good look. Not a good look. So off topic. So you know, we always talk about like players need to get their money. We know like the the owners have are getting plenty of cash. Do you think there's like a way to like offset like money lost for them? So like basically, they still compensate the players for their contract, but not take the salary cap hit in situations like this. No, I don't think you can do that. Well, I mean, there's not with due to injury. No, um, that that's why they're able to cut them, and the contracts aren't guaranteed. That's where that comes into play, essentially. Yep, that's where IR and you know, there's 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 a bunch of stuff that. But it, this is a crazy situation for the Ravens. I mean, a couple weeks ago, I was talking shit about them with J.K. Dobbins. They lose J.K. Dobbins. Never a big Gus Edwards fan. I literally just said on the podcast last week. The leading rusher for the Ravens this year will not be Gus Edwards. And through crazy circumstances, I happen to be right. I mean, I can tell you who the leading rusher is going to be for the Ravens. Who's that? Lamar Jackson. Bold. (laughs) Yeah. True. Hot take. Hot take. What a a hot take. You know, it's it's funny. Like, first reaction, you're like, everyone's got to be assuming, like, fuck, the Ravens. uh, Now they have to rely on Lamar's arm, arm. Then, then when you look back and you think about it, like Drew, we we watched all, all the highlights of the draft of everyone just t- you know taking down Dobbins. He was on everyone's highlight tape. When you really break it down, your first thought, oh, they're going to get one of the um, of the premier defensive linemen probably in the draft. It really doesn't make any difference. Like nothing has changed for that team. Obviously, the Peters is going to hurt, but he's he's not really the uh, uh, the cornerback that he's been you know three four years ago when he was just pick six every other week with Kansas City. Yeah, what, what, I, what I think it does is kind of just narrows their window, uh, obviously, even more. And I think they already had some trouble. Um, they're probably already a 500 team, but I just, there's just, there's not a threat there. You can't run some of that spread option style stuff when it's like, okay, if it's Lamar or J.K. Dobbins, you're like, okay, at least J.K. Dobbins is, you know, a capable athlete. He's an NFL running back. When the guy standing next to Lamar, Lamar is not really an NFL running back doesn't really make you respect that that read zone. It's like, all right, we dare you to give it to Latavius Murray or we dare you to give it to Le'Veon Bell. Um, we're just going to run him down three yards down the field. Yeah, it's, it's like the, the teams are actually like willing to give up that five yards of carry. Ingram, Dobbins, Gus Edwards, all, all roughly right around five yards of carry for the last two, three years. So it really doesn't matter who gets into that spot. 
um, it it makes no difference on the uh, on the offensive side of the ball. I think their offensive line is a question mark too. With you know trading of Orlando Brown, you lose Marshall Yonda over the past couple of years. Like it's not the same offensive line that it was a couple of years ago when Lamar was winning MVP. So that could play a huge factor here too. Um, this running game may just not be that viable all to begin with, uh, which means if you are a Mark Andrews owner, stock is looking up. I think, yeah, I stock's definitely looking up for Mark Andrews, but the Ravens are fucked in, in essence. Like, they, they had to have this running game to make Lamar effective. Now Lamar's going to have to pass. You know who might be a, a winner of this ultimately? The Baltimore Ravens. Because Lamar Jackson, I have a feeling, is going to look really bad this year. He's going to have to pass. Uh, they have not signed him to a long-term deal yet, to the deal that he thinks he's going to get. And, man, he's probably kicking himself for whatever preliminary offers he was getting because we're going to see throwing Lamar Jackson. He has to. They have no choice. That line is so bad that Orlando Brown trade's not going to age well. Um, and, yeah, the, the Ravens truly are fucked. I, I, they have a number of options, though. The Latavius Murray... Latavius Murray jumps out at me. They, they, they need to go out and sign Latavius Murray. That is their only potential patching of the situation. And even if they do that, we're talking weeks down the road. Tyson Williams, like, that's going to be their guy this week. That will be their starter this week, and he is not good. No, I think you – I mean, I, I, if I were them, I'd, I'd also think about reaching out to some of these teams who are – deep at the running back position. I mean, San Francisco comes to mind. They have, a, you know, three or four guys who are capable and probably better than what they have on their roster. I mean, go see how much they like, you know, Mostert. If you can, you know, pry him away if, if they like, you know, obviously they've invested some draft capital this offseason. Um, just kind of gauge their interest. Yeah, I don't think the 49ers are moving any of those running backs. Probably they, not. They, they, I mean, they're, they're yeah. yeah. But I'm just thinking, I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind when you think, you know, running back depth. Yeah, well, I'll throw out a couple names. Rashad Penny. I mean, you tell yeah. me, you tell me they couldn't get Rashad Penny for like a fifth, sixth rounder. I guarantee they or like could. Uh, JD McKissick in, in yeah. Washington. McKissick, yeah. absolutely. Look we'll at some of these overloaded backfields. Honestly, I think one of the, um, the one of the better running backs here would be um, Philip Lindsay out of Houston. They, mm-hmm. they they have like what five running backs that you know four of them are past their prime. Or like Philly. Remember we talked about how deep Philly is at running back. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, some people have speculated Mark Ingram could be an option to reunite them back with the Ravens because he did play with that system, so he knows it well. There would be very little adjustment period, you know. But Ingram's so bad. Out of, out of all the running backs in Houston, he's dead last on the guys I want. Oh, I, I'm not saying that that's not the case. I'm just saying, like, for a team that's already – if you're trying to bring in a guy that knows the system, that's obviously going to – Gonna gonna take it there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at like, like Philly. I mean, I, I think Corey Clement makes that a better team. Yeah, I think, I think he's better than what they have right now. Yeah, they they have options for sure. There there are a couple teams that are weirdly loaded, like Houston and the Eagles. But it's a bad situation for he, or Baltimore because they're in a unique situation that they cannot exist. Lamar Jackson's game cannot coexist without this running back uh, facilitator. So, um, yeah, they're fucked. And with, with the, you know, and, and still I was betting on them to win the division when all these guys were healthy, when Marcus Peters was there, because I thought they're, I still think their defense is going to be solid, but that offense is going to be a train wreck. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I, and I think that it hurts the defense too. You're going to see them a lot of three and outs, bad field position. Um, you know, kind of takes one of those viable fantasy defenses off the board possibly. Yep. 
It shakes up the whole league in a big way. You really hate to see it. It couldn't happen to a worse team. (laughs) That's funny. Steelers fans rejoice. Yeah, the Ravens are going to be really bad this year. And if they're not, Jesus, John Harbaugh, wow. If John Harbaugh can somehow pull out 10 wins with this roster, I would be insanely I I still think they're running attack and and just with Lamar just running and breaking contain. I mean, they're difficult to prepare for in the regular season when you have, you know, four days to install. Um, I still think they could be productive in the regular season but this to me just puts the ceiling on on the any playoff run like they're just they're not going to win a game in the playoffs even if they make it and their schedule is not easy so yeah definitely yep it's a brutal road for them yeah but the uh that that contract uh thing that you you normally wouldn't i wasn't even thinking about that that's huge you're talking about you could be looking at like a five eight million dollar swing per year easy then you bring up all the mvp year and i want a playoff game but man Things are looking bleak in old Baltimore. Yep. And if we were a reputable news source, I wouldn't even touch this story. But since we're the sports memory, it deserves talking about. And I fully expect by the time this airs for this to be debunked. But it's interesting, this DeAndre Swift rumor. A lot of these rumors, because it started on Reddit. And Reddit is the source of a lot of fucking leaks and a lot of information. Uh, It's just something worth watching. Like, what? It's also the source of a lot of just troll nonsense too but for reputable people to be reporting it and then a guy on twitter apparently verified that it is true an anonymous tip whether it's just completely irreputable you know like but they're not investigating it but how fucking bizarre would that be for the wine season deandre swift turns out to be in a murder case does that help or i think it helps their their image i mean this is the team that wants to bite off kneecaps Now their running backs are murdering folks. That is the hard-nosed team that Detroit wants to build, I think. It's a perfect fit if you think about it. It is. Yeah, I guess he'd be kind of praised over there in Detroit. Uh, yep. I mean not this, take it too far. This guy's trying to put a <laughs> this guy's trying to put a fucking lion on, on their practice field, like in like a cage so that like he can be on the side. I think hey, you got a guy murdering folks that seems pretty on par with their what, what they want to develop within their culture is, is he going to be allowed to make the trash talk i'll kill you i don't, I don't know if that's going to fly anymore i, I don't think there's any <laughs> trash talk allowed in the nfl anymore i think they're going to throw flax or taunting and all that Tr- truth i kind of wish i could see like the uh the, the click stats right now on like cr- crime in philadelphia like, oh, it, like yeah. you know there's tens of thousands of people there's doing google their own searching everything right, right now, now. Yeah. oh yeah yeah, I'd love to see that. All those true crime podcasters, and, you know, podcast fans just doing their own research. In terms of like fan forgiveness, say if DeAndre Swift has like let's say five point seven yards of carry by week four, and they find out he did murder some folks, I think that fan base would be like, "All right, so he murdered, he murdered a couple people, probably." They're so hungry for success in any form or fashion, like they would. No, he, he murdered a couple folks probably, but is he our best running back in 12 years? Definitely. Right. So, so real question here for you. DeAndre Swift scores uh, uh, opening day. Does, does he slash the throat when he gets to the end zone? He has to. Well, it depends what, you know, if it's Aaron Hernandez, maybe he chews some bubble gum, spits it on the curb. Oh, man, that would be, that would be <laughs> delightful. It's uh, one of the weirdest details of the Aaron Hernandez Shooters. murders. Shooters. He got, he got stood up by a piece of bazooka bubble gum on, on the sidewalk. But, yeah. So, that'd be a weird twist to what is going to be a really weird season for Detroit. 
And as a Vikings fan, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. That'd be that'd be weird and awesome. So we talked about Latavius Murray being available. That's because what happened this week is he got cut the other day because apparently they tried to uh, get him to take a pay cut. Yep. He refused. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to clear some cap so they could make a trade for Bradley Roby, the cornerback from yep. the, and they did. the Texans. Um, but Latavius Murray was like, nah, I'm not going to take a pay cut. Like, you can just cut me, pay me whatever you have to owe me, and then I'll sign with somebody else. Um Kind of an interesting thing uh, the, the, for them to do that. Uh, there had been rumors that they were potentially going to cut him uh, in favor of Tony Jones Jr. for your fantasy uh, handcuff there. Um, St. Pete Catholic kid, too. I was reading Notre Dame Notre Dame product, but St. Pete Catholic. Interesting. Yeah. Tony Jones? Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he's, he's an undrafted player from 2020. Like, they didn't keep – they didn't – cut Latavius Murray because they believed in him. They cut Latavius Murray because of everything else, and now they're trying to pump up him. Yeah, it, it, it has nothing to do with him. Well, like well no, th- there like was a- um, there was some Tony Jones talk before, you know, before last week. There's always talk about the third and fourth running back. Every coach talks up these guys, says, yeah, he shows a lot of promise because it gives them leverage in these situations. But then they cut the guy in front of him. Yeah. If, if- they actioned, so... Yeah. But if Kamara, then they w- immediately made a trade, a really good trade that's going to benefit their team a lot this year. If, if Kamara goes down, they will be signing a big-name running back that's sitting out there. And that's how much they believe in, uh, in old Tony Jones uh, Tony Jones Jr. I still think they do sign somebody. Like, I, 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 I guarantee you it happens probably by mid-next week. It could be Murray again. It's just, you know, with a, with a different structure contract once he goes out and realizes, oh, shit, there's not really a market for me. Well, he's going to go to the Ravens, I'm telling I mean, you. Yeah, if he hasn't signed with the Ravens already, I'm like, shit, yeah. we're a little worried about him. Yep. I have a feeling by the time you're listening to this right now, Latavius Murray is on the Ravens. It just makes too much sense. Yeah, definitely. Bring on Todd Gurley, baby. Uh, so what about sticking in the division there with the Ravens? The Steelers signed J- uh, TJ Watt. To entirely too much money. Yeah, uh, Mar- Marcus. An, ex- an extension for uh, an ex- an extension of four years, one hundred and twelve million, eighty eighty million guaranteed. So we got a Yinzer, a Steelers fan of the pod. I just like to get your venting, just vent to us for a second about what you think about this situation. I hate it. I, I love TJ. I mean, he's a great player. He's done a lot of really good things. But you you don't win championships by resetting the market. And and now they're coming out saying, oh well, he stopped his agents from getting more money. He he just wanted to barely set the market for. Uh, uh, highest paid defense uh, def- defensive player in the league, but come on, we had fifty six tackles, whatever uh, last year. But if you're talking about five hundred thousand dollars per tackle, I get it. You're getting sacks, but he disappears in games, and and he also relies on a good pass rush from the other side. He's and I I, I, I can't praise Aaron Donald enough. I, I talk I talk him up to everybody, and you know we we're we we're um, you know bullshitting around with it earlier. He's there all day long. Give, give me Aaron Donald at twenty million dollars, hands down. I think TJ, it would have been, I'd be, I'd have been content in the low twenties. You know, I get it. You got to get paid. You're a good player, but man, reset in the market. It's frustrating. But you know, good for him and his agents. Uh, it's a four year deal, so he'll get to sign a uh, another fat ass contract uh, here in about three years, I guess, and reset the market again uh, while he's still in his prime. Yeah, I think that's the tough thing is there's there's kind of a trade between being the highest paid guy and what you leave for the war chest to, to fill a team around you. And, and, and kind of to me shows what level of dedication you have to like, how much does winning mean to you? Um, and when guys make moves like this, it's like not a lot. I mean, that's, that's big time money. And, and whether or not he's a rush outside linebacker, he does rush the passer 
most of the time. It's still not a premium position. He's not playing defensive end. He's not playing corner. So to set that kind of capital at that, I mean, it's like the Jamal Williams or the Jamal Adams deal. It's like you're a fucking linebacker, dude. Like a glorified linebacker. Like you, you have more sacks than usually you're any of us. Like he's he's a rush safety. Um, so you see those guys who don't play premium positions take that kind of money. It's like, well, all right, well, what's left for everybody else? Yeah, you make like the big flash plays and the, the things that go on ESPN, and, and they do they, they turn games at times, but they're not every single play. That's just too much money not to be every single play. And this is and this is a team that just lost big pieces to free agency. I mean, you lose your slot corner, you lose you know some some depth in the secondary, you lose a defensive end, um, which was already like they already. The biggest reason they won that slide at the tail end of that year is one, yeah, the tougher part of their schedule came around. And we all knew that was going to come, um, but also they lost. Uh, was it Dupree that got hurt? Yeah, and it completely changed the 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 makeup of that defensive front seven to the point where it's like, okay, if there isn't a viable threat on the other side, like TJ Watt is just kind of a guy. Yeah, he's he's liability in coverage. He he depends on multiple pieces. If if they're not getting rushed up the middle. If you're not getting that outside presence on the opposite side, they double team him and he disappears. Yeah. So th- th- this goes to um, I think uh, edge rushers are overpaid. Now they're going to be even more overpaid. I-, I really do. I think edge rushers are overpaid in this league. Like you, you want to talk about a position I think is criminally un- underpaid? I'd say middle linebacker. Like you're t- you're talking about guys like Fred Warner. Like if Fred Warner got this deal and like altered the structure of like what middle linebackers are getting paid in this league, I'd be like, okay, this guy's fucking. He, Fred Warner truly changes the composition. And you of mean the corner. The, like the prototypical like play caller? He's adjusting exactly. Yeah, he, a field he's, general. He, he's in the put, middle. He he can do yeah. way more things. He yep. he's in coverage. He he's clearly more multi-dimensional than a guy like. Watt. Watt is really good, but this is too much money. And I look at guys like, who, who's some guys that we know will be guaranteed to be a free agent next year? 100%, Daniel Hunter, who could be one of the best edge edge rushers in the league. And people forget about Daniel Hunter. Most sacks of any player before the age of 25. Uh, had the neck issue last year. Everybody's saying that Daniel Hunter looks at every bit as good as he used to. So that guy's going to be a free agent. So you're, you're telling me you're, you're going to walk up a guy like TJ Watt when you know guys like Daniel Hunter are going to be on the market next year and you'll have those options? No fucking way. It's, if he doesn't show up at camp, okay. But my understanding is he was not holding out or anything, right? Uh, TJ? Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 technically, I guess. They, I think it was just more sitting out. It's a, he, he, it's he, a hold in. Yeah. So nowadays with the new collective bargaining agreement and what they've agreed to, uh, if you actually mispractice, the team cannot just give you that money back later on and like, ah, oh, we're not going to worry about the fines. Like, the fines are done and paid. So every time you mispractice, uh, you actually lose that money. So now they're showing up and they're they're at practice. They're just not actually practicing. Um, so it's called a hold in now. No. Yeah, exa- exactly. I, it's, a, it's a dumb move in, in, in every way. And, and to me, you talk about these, you know, some of these edge rushers, the, the ones that play your primary linebacker edge rushers, I don't put a lot of value on compared um, because typically those are guys, there's another threat in there taking advantage of like the weak tackle. Your, your Shaquille Barrett's, your, your TJ Watts, you know, those kind of guys compared to um, Aaron Donald's a great example or um, even 
some you know, I, I prefer defensive end Chandler Jones, a guy who like on rushing downs is still making con- contributions, still getting tackles for loss, still taking up space versus like you said, TJ just disappears sometimes. If you're playing a run heavy team, if you're playing you know the Titans and Derrick Henry's running the ball off tackle, like is TJ walking to jump out and make crazy plays? Like he hasn't shown us that yet. Yeah, man, man. When you look at his brother, yeah, he had some fantastic years, but he, even the plays that he wasn't in. He was in. He was disruptive. Yeah. You, you, you or Miles Garrett. Like, you, another, like I want the defensive end edge rusher. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to game plan for it. You, you try not to run there, and you, you bring in the chip blocker. Like, you have to scheme around that. Uh, there's one scheme when it comes to having the edge. It, just have a, have a chip, a tight end, or run the ball. And, yep. yeah, and he's gone. Th- Three-step passes. Yeah, and those guys, aren't, those guys aren't shaping the pocket. They're, they're, you know, they're cutting off the outside edge of the pocket. Mm-hmm. But you know, Aaron Donald's so disruptive because he pushes that middle of that pocket at you, yeah. and there's just no room to, to get around it. Yeah, th- th- there's so many times you'll see with uh, guys like TJ and the other edge rushers, they go so wide that it actually creates holes for the quarterback to move yeah. in the pocket. Yeah, and it's, and it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to bend that hip and, and, and keep that inside leverage. I mean, it's really easy when you're you know, TJ Watt and you're, what, like 240 to let some guy who's 335 just – all right, I'll let you have the outside and just keep pushing you downfield. Yeah. No one ever, no one has ever done it or will ever do it as well as Tom Brady. You know, obviously, when he started out, there was other, uh, other things, other pieces surrounding him. I, I think he just learned, hey, we win championships, good shit comes. And then when he became elite, he was never the highest paid person. He was never that. He was still restructuring because he learned, oh, this is how you win championships. This is how you get other players to come, and this is how you make the team better. Because when you win, you're going to get the other endorsements. Everything else will come. Yeah. I mean, he – yeah. Obviously, it's an extreme example. There's the endorsement money. There's uh, – when you're when you're significant others bringing home as much or more than you on a year-to-year year basis, it's a little easier. Um, but he would just extend and restructure and extend and restructure and, and to the point where, I mean, I think he was on his, his second deal for 15 years. Yeah, you got to consider positions when you talk about, you know, like taking pay cuts. I think edge rushers, if you're T.J. Watt, you take all the money you get 100%. I mean, quarterbacks, the the longevity that they're playing with, even if you're not Tom Brady dating a, you know, borderline billionaire like Giselle, you're you're still taking pay cuts because if you're a starter at quarterback, your success is going to determine your future revenue. I mean, that that, that Chiefs roster isn't as as impressive as it was a couple years ago. Exactly. Nobody gives a fuck. As a thin no, nobody blames TJ Watt if the Steelers go down, is what I'm saying. Everybody's going to blame Ben Roethlisberger if they suck balls this year. It's That's just true. the nature of Without the a doubt, beast. Yeah. Nature of the beast. Yeah. I and mean, running backs don't. That, no, no, nothing I said applies to running backs. Go get your fucking money because yeah. like, your, your career could be over next year. Yeah. Speak, speaking of running backs, uh, another guy who's, who's missing some time right now that's kind of a big fantasy asset, Austin Eckler. Like, yeah. is very much so up in the air, his playing status. It's worrisome. Yeah. And if, and a lot of people are, this, are taking this guy in the first round this year in their drafts or already have taken him. It's just... He's really good when he plays. Uh, he's, he's ridiculously electric. I mean, I mean, outside of Kamara, he might be the best, you know... Uh, Pass-catching running back? Yeah, well... All uh, around. Mc, yeah. uh, Kamara and McCaffrey, obviously. Right, yeah, o- yeah. Outside of those two guys, he's the best pass-catching running back in that's... Of the guys drafted in the first and second round for sure. Yeah, but he's one of those guys that like will really burn you because he he'll he'll always you know give it his best to play to start the game, and then you got might get bumped out like 
in the third drive, and now you're sitting on oh shit, I only got five points out of him. <laughs> He's definitely the uh, the best uh, league run league league of legends running back player in the league. But um, <laughs> um, truthfully, I, I hope he's a game time decision and sits out because uh, I, I got old uh, House of Odin this week, and uh, he, he's he's got uh, Eckler sitting in there, and I I'd love to shove it in his face. <laughs> oh, we're getting pretty specific with our league as always, but yeah, I mean Eckler being out, it's it's very concerning. Obviously, he dealt with injuries uh, the entirety of last year. When he played, he was ridiculously uh, effective last year. But it's it's interesting. It's something to monitor. Um, and uh, you know. Guys like Eckler, I, I fade people like that in drafts because no matter how good they look, they're always that undrafted guy. And pedigree in the end matters for me, especially for positions like running back. So I've been fading Aaron Jones for years. I faded Eckler this year. Um, pedigree matters to me, and there's some every once in a while there's, there's those guys that bust out, you know, their third, fourth, fifth round, and in Eckler's case, undrafted. But I'm telling you, it, it always seems to come around, doesn't it? It's the, like, it's the egos. It, we talk about these GMs being egomaniacs and who they draft, and they're involved in that. But like, I feel like undrafted free agents become more of a player development story. Your GM doesn't get credit for that. But it's also just playing running back. You you have so much film on a running back oh, that's yeah. gone all the way yep. through college. He, he played running back in high school. He played running back in college. It's hard to miss on these guys. Now, obviously, there, there's a lot of busts, but there's very few sleepers that exist in the fifth round and beyond. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, like name a, a ridiculously good running back that, you know, was like a fifth rounder or beyond that turned into a Hall of Famer. They're very, very few and far between. For the most part, it's guys that are drafted in the first round. Jim Brown, Adrian Petersons, uh, the, the guys that are the... At the Terrell Davis? Yeah. Ter- Terrell Davis, undrafted, played like five seasons. Yep. But he is a Hall of Famer. Yep, he is. He is a Hall of Famer. So, yeah, just, just to answer your, you answer yeah. your, 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 your challenge. I mean, but Aaron Foster. But my, my, my challenge was that your, your list is ridiculously tiny. Yes, I get it's it. Ridiculous. There's tiny. way more of like the Ben Jarvis Green Ellis's who yeah. have one awesome season, and then there's no. It's an opportunity yeah. cost, and it's we have no loyalty to this guy. We didn't put anything into this guy. We'll go draft a guy. Think, think but, about the greatest running backs in history: Barry Sanders, first round pick; uh, em, Emmett Smith, I think, first first round pick; uh, Adrian Peterson, first round pick. I mean, we're, we're talking about you you talk about the top 10 list almost every single one of these guys is a first round pick mm-hmm. yes pedigree matters with running backs maybe more than in any other position without a doubt yep yeah i mean you can always pick one person here or there but you talk about on the grand scale the grand scheme of things um yeah over over the course of time yeah it, it geared towards where they were drafted so aaron jones me and Marcus have been fading for two years. I'm telling you, it's finally going to come to roost. AJ, AJ Dillon, second rounder, right? Let me tell you who owns a yeah. lot of AJ Dillon. Yeah. I, I'm in the same camp yeah. with you. I think I owe him in every league I'm in. I'm a huge AJ Dillon fan this year. I, th- I think yeah. he's going to take over the backfield this year, personally. Yep. Can't wait to share a beer with you and, yep. and, and the tears of joy when uh, mm-hmm. when Aaron Jones shits the bed. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to wish a, a, a career ender or like a year ender, uh, no, year-end injury. No, he commented I don't, on our I, post. He's legendary. That's why I said I'm not, I don't want to do that, but. Uh, just uh, shit the bed this year, so we can just say, "Hey, I told you so." Nope. If you if, if you're if you're a, an NFL player out there listening, and I'm sure you you are, <laughs> of course. Uh, if you comment on one of our posts, we will forever defend you. So fuck that, Marcus. Aaron Jones is our boy because he commented on one of our posts. So, so besides the uh, the fantasy draft, what happened this weekend? We got our first real taste of a college football weekend, and boy, was it an elephant. You know what I mean? Like, just a lot to consume. It, it's trying to drink uh, 
Try to drink water out of a fire hose. You know my, what I mean? Like my description of the, that college weekend was insanely uneventful outside of two games. Yep. Yeah, there wasn't a there wasn't a lot. Um, there were some interesting happenstances and stuff like that. But at least, how happy are you that we actually have you know the real product in front of us? And then tonight we're gonna get to start watch the NFL. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty excited for it. It's here. It's yeah. Here. A cu- couple takeaways. I'm so glad that Clemson is finally experiencing what it's like to be. I mean, they're, they're still a fucking juggernaut, but yeah. they ex- to, for them to experience loss like that, they, it hasn't happened in quite some time. Not, um, not an offensive touchdown scored in that game. It, Only a pick six, 10-3 br- final against Georgia. Brutal game. Yeah. Brutal game. Uh, but, man, the ACC getting chopped up. Uh, UNC right out the gates. Disappointing fucking loss to Virginia Tech. It looked like they were kind of coming around the second half, but holy shit, they look bad. Yeah. Um, so Miami gets blown out by Alabama. Shocker. Absolutely blown out. Um, but, uh, yeah, freaking in terms of the, the Heisman race, that's not how you want to start out, Hal. It's not how you want to start out. Uh, the Big Ten wasn't super impressive. I mean, no. Ohio State kind of struggled with Minnesota until putting it on late. Uh, Penn State holds off Wisconsin in what was an also very ugly game. Um Iowa wound up pulling away from Indiana because Indiana just their quarterback played like shit. Um, but one of the more interesting games in terms of like high ranked versus unranked, Oklahoma almost losing it to Tulane. Like yeah. I know first week in the in college football is is so interesting. Uh, I I liked I I appreciate that they scheduled these big games, but man, it's somewhat unfair if you know anything about what coaches are allowed to do. Um, in terms of the rules and how long they're allowed to spend with these players, the first week is always fucking ridiculously rough. Because Absolutely. they rely on the players to do a lot of these things on their own, completely unsupervised. And a lot of times, a lot of these guys aren't going to do it. And we, you always see sloppy products. And man, did we yeah. see it last week. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like as far as Oklahoma, Tulane, I think the coolest part about that was obviously the whole story. The game was supposed to be at Tulane. Um, you know, you get all the... Uh, uh, sportsmanship uh, things they did like uh, painting Tulane's uh, logo, um, you know, on the field. Uh, so that was the coolest Giving one. Giving them the concessions, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it was great. But um, truthfully, your guys' team was probably the one that impressed me the most, as far as the Florida State Notre Dame game was probably the best game of the weekend. It, it was, it was it, ridiculously it, good. It, it, it was a great, it was a great game to watch. Um, but just kind of what we were expecting, Tulane. You know, obviously Tulane's gonna not be that, you know, is just one of those things. But there's a lot of hope for you guys because uh, Notre Dame's pretty sound team. Um, but uh, no one expected uh, how physical that defense was and how talented they were. And what's that guy's name? Juwan Johnson, 11? Jermaine Johnson. J- Jermaine, what a stud. Yeah, yeah there, there's some high hopes. But I, I think as far as being impressed, I was most impressed with Florida State. Um, more more proud and happy for Tulane. But, um, you know, it'll, it'll be fun going forward. Yeah, I mean, probably like, Yes, that was a, that was an impressive, uh, you know, game out of Florida State. Obviously, they still wind up losing, which Bring is good, good on um, good on Notre Dame to pull it out there, uh, keep themselves kind of in that in that playoff hunt. Um, probably the worst upset lost though. Um, there was a couple of, of of shocking upsets, but the worst one is Montana beating Washington. Washington was ranked and expected to compete in the Pac-12 North, and they lose their opening game to an FCS school in Montana. That's ugly. Yeah, but Montana's really been more of a powerhouse when it comes to the uh, the FCS. Uh, they're always like in the final. I, I don't care, man. <laughs> like, yeah, I think a lot of times you talk about you know these FCS schools. Obviously, they're not seeing a lot of guys in the pros. So 
they have a lot, they play a lot of seniors, a lot of juniors, guys who have been in the system for a long time, know what they're doing. So I think that week one issue of, of not being a lot of practice affects them less. I think that's why you see an App State beat Michigan. That's why you see a Montana win. Like you get some of these bigger, higher profile schools who are starting a lot of sophomores and freshmen, and you know they get big recruits and it's playing against you know a four year school and it's. Uh, it's a different situation. It's still a bad loss when you're a ranked team expected to compete for potentially your conference title and you're losing to an FCS school. Yeah, yeah. but we're, we're looking for that uh, every single like opening week or two of college football. I mean, Mountain Union's a D3 school, and I guarantee they could put some pressure on some people. Oh, oh, without a doubt. <laughs> um, most of those guys are D1 guys. That, so it was like know, Grand Rapids, Swiftwater, or whatever. The other well, what, yeah, was, uh, UW, White, Whitewater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Chip Kelly days you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember it was, our, it was our freshman year when uh, – when App State went into Michigan and put it down, that, that's one of those times where your jaw hit the table and you're looking sure. around you're like, am I being punked? Where you at, Ashton? Where you at, man? For sure. The, the first big one, yep, that absolutely was it. And now App State's a pretty good school pushing, you know, G5 to the to the limits there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, uh, I think uh, for, the, for the most part, we've kind of covered what we're going to cover in, in regards to the college football. Um, it's going to be fun to watch, and we'll, we'll have more of that for you later on in the season, but just to, just to whet your appetite there for the opening weekend. Um, so let's talk about some, uh, you know, the NFL starting tonight. Let's get some let's get some picks on the record here. So uh, we'll start off with, um, with some awards here. So what would be your expectation for Offensive Rookie of the Year this year? Uh, and we'll, we'll start with Marcus over here. Well, obviously, my expectation is going to be for Najee Harris to be Offensive Rookie of the Year, but That's a good pick. But we know that that never happens. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence has to be the front runner. Um, rookie quarterbacks that are starting, um, you know, there's obviously whatever ups and downs, but uh, they have to be the front runners. I, I don't, I don't see how any, even Jordan Jefferson's incredible year well, it wasn't enough. Um, you know, J- Justin Herbert had a great season, but you know, still some, you know, some some inconsistencies, but nothing like earth shattering. Um, but ah, fuck it. I'll, I'll stick with Najee. Yeah. I mean, it, it does tend to be a quarterback's award as most of them are. Um, I, I mean, it, this year we do have five quarterbacks, right? And we have three, three of the rookies are going to be starting from day one, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and Zach Wilson. Um, for the most part from this pod, you're going to understand that nobody really likes Zach Wilson that much. So we're going to pass by him. Mac Jones, I mean, I think he's in a pretty good situation and a chance to win a lot. Um, so I, I think that's kind of where I'm leaning for this pick. Yeah, for me, I mean, that, that's my pick. And, and I don't, you know, obviously it could be a homer pick, but I don't think it is. Uh, here, here's why I don't think it is. One, we already said that those kind of awards are quarterback awards. Two, he's going to be starting week one, so that's 17 games to put up numbers. Three, I don't think he's going to be asked to do a lot. So I think he's going to be really efficient. I don't think he's going to turn the ball over a lot. So that touchdown ratio is going to look really healthy. And four, New England didn't have a good record last year, and I think they're a borderline playoff team this year. So if you can go from not playoffs to playoffs, coupling and all that other stuff, I think he's definitely in the best position. The correct uh, answer is Justin Fields, and this is obviously predicated on the on the fact that uh, by the second half of week one, he's in? No. <laughs> no, I think Justin Fields doesn't start till week three. Okay. Uh, that's how dumb I think the Bears are. Well, I think I think they're dumb enough that he won't start till like week five. That's why I'm excluding him. Yep. I mean, I, I I think I think the Bears are so such a hot mess that the they could realistically lose both their first two games to the Rams to the Bengals because they're that fucking stupid. They're gonna honor their promise to Andy Dalton because they're that fucking stupid. Uh, 
That's 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 where they're at right now with the Bear, Bear, Bears organization. I promised. Why do you have to promise somebody who doesn't have a soul? They're they're like like that. That's something that a dad would say. Like, hey, like I thought we were gonna. No, I promised. You know, my son, I was gonna. What is this? This is a fucking business, Matt Nagy. This is why you're gonna get fired. This is why you're such a fucking idiot. Justin Fields will be the because there's gonna be such a stark contrast from the zero and two Bears that start off the year to what they show up week three and beyond. Justin Fields is going to be electric. He's going to have eight to 10 rushing touchdowns. The guy is a freak of fucking nature. I, I think that's a, that's a pretty reasonable pick there for sure. Um, that Imagine does, if they make the playoffs. That, that they, is, there's, they, have, yeah. they have no choice, but to, but to grab Justin Fields. Now, and, and one's a slimming number, right? Especially if it's in a bright orange, because I am looking for a, another Jersey to pick up here soon. Yeah, uh, well, that is interesting. What you brought up there with regards to the the the, um, the bear schedule. The Bengals are week two, so maybe they're just like, listen, Andy, we're gonna let you start against the Bengals because it's your ex team. Why? Even if you looked really shitty against the Rams. Uh, I mean, just to, to let him potentially have that revenge. But that may be uh, that may be the undoing there for Matt Nagy. I can see the Vikings popping the Bengals so hard in the mouth that they come back strong against the Bears in week two, and this just creating the ultimate. Honestly, if that happens, if you're the Bears, you fire Matt Nagy yeah. on the fucking spot. And, and I know we're not. I know we're not going to talk about the uh, uh, the Vikings uh, today. What a travesty it is that they're a three point favorite. Are you shitting me? I, I looked. I was assuming it was going to be six and a half, but uh, not no neither here nor there. But uh, just brought it back. I to my mind. I agree. I've been eyeing that spread like crazy. Yeah. D- does anyone think that um, we're going to have a different defensive rookie of the year other than Micah Parsons? I do actually. Okay. Um, I think that I don't. I, I just worry that the Cowboys are going to be in positions to let Micah do what he does best. I don't think he's going to rush the passer a lot because I think teams are going to be running and killing clock. Because I just think that's a terrible team. It's a bad defense in general. Uh, I think you can isolate him. You can double team him. Because what else are you afraid of? I'm, okay, so I'm, who's I'm your pick? Patrick Sertain the second okay. is, is my pick. Yeah, corner. I mean, cornerbacks don't often win this award. And, Very and, rarely. And, and it's certainly not uh, a position that excels uh, frequently from the get-go. Um, I think it's, it's Parsons to lose. I, I think he's going to run away with it, to be honest. Yeah, for, sure. uh, for me, obviously, I'm, I'm I'm big on Parsons. I think if it's not him, I think that uh, I, I, whatever is going through my brain, I think it's going to be a pass rusher who wasn't a first round draft pick, someone who just shows up. Happens all the time, and that, that's kind of where I'm gearing at. Quiddy Pay is also like on my radar. So may, maybe a guy like um, a guy like uh, uh, Carlos Boogie Basham up in. Uh, for Buffalo, that would be your not your pass rusher who's not a first round pick. You also got to look at just random guys because uh, you know. Um, so we're talking about offensive rookie De- defensive, defensive, defensive defense. Okay, never mind, never mind. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I mean, I think we've got for the most part. I think it's. I agree with you, and, and it is Michael Parsons to lose. All right, um, MVP, straight up MVP, MVP. I mean, I think there's only two picks here. Yeah, it's it's, it's you, you either go for the obvious or you go for a sexy pick, and I'll probably go for a sexy. What do you guys think? I, I think the revenge tour is in full swing. I think it's going to be back brutal. It's going to be petty. I, I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, I, some of the things I've been reading, do not sleep on Tom Brady. There, there's some serious uh, um, plus fourteen hundred. There, there's some serious talks about Tom Brady. 
going to just sit in the record book and maybe be, I mean, that being kind of like Bucks a, go undefeated. I think he here, has to get the a, award. Here's the thing right? about Tom is when he, the way he manages the game. I think if the best plays the run play and they're going to be up in a lot of games, like they're going to be running the ball a lot too. He threw forty touchdowns last year, though. Yeah, but I, I think the defense is better. I think it came to its own in the back half of that season. I think Vita Vey got his his feet under him. I think the secondary got better. It, this might be the greatest receiving core of all time. It's Cameron Brate is his third tight end. Yes. All right. So j- third. When we talk about that. Like Gronkowski, we saw what he could do in the playoffs. They're clearly going to hold him out again. It, it, like if you could promise me Gronk's participation in this team, he'd be probably a second round pick in fantasy. Like that's how fucking ridiculous he was in the playoffs last year. He caught three touchdowns, right? In the, in the, in the Super Bowl. Three? Was it three or two? Two in the Super Bowl. I think it was two. Yeah. Still insane. Um, this receiving core is, is stupid. I'm so high on AB this year. He's a wide receiver one, and for some reason, wide receiver three clothing. This is a guy that's going to bust out this year. Godwin, if they have three wide receiver ones. Two, Are you picking him? Two tight end ones. Uh, Tom Brady, no, absolutely not. I mean, it's it, if I'm going with who's going to win it, Patrick Mahomes is the obvious choice. But if I'm going to go for a sexy pick, which I am, uh Give me Dalvin, my boy Dalvin Cook, who I, who I think is seriously just going to absolutely, like, <laughs> this guy. I hope Dalvin so, Cook I is prime. <laughs> Dalvin Cook is prime for a ridiculous year. I hope so because I have him, Marcus. Uh, well, you, you already know I'm going with Chris McCaffrey. Um, I was I was reading the other day the 2019 with his ridiculous season. Um, I was going through like the MVP voting. You know, he didn't even finish top five. Didn't even finish top five. 116 catches or whatever. I got, I got the fun stats here. 116 catches, 2,400 total yards. Michael, two quarterbacks in front of him, Mahomes, Watson. Good seasons, nothing too insane. Michael Thomas, obviously, that was his uh, 149 catches, 1,700 yards, nine touchdowns. Didn't they miss the playoffs that year? Oh, Carolina? Well, yeah. That's it, why. Yeah, but that, that's so frustrating, man. But it's hard to vote in an MVP when they don't make the playoffs, yeah, right? You yeah. pretty much have to make the playoffs. You absolutely have to. Yep. They have an outside chance. You can't roll out the Panthers after after last year. No, you, I love the Panthers they, this year. They're one they're one of my biggest dark horses of the year. No chance you could possibly sleep on them, and that's why McCaffrey's going to take this ship. So I think there's a lot of potentially good options here. Uh, it is probably favoring a quarterback. So just some guys to toss around in your mind. Um, Dubich is going to say uh, or would say um, or or um, uh, Matt Stafford. He's been on the Matt Stafford train. Um, I think. Jalen Hurts is potentially interesting because we've seen second-year quarterbacks really take the leap, and they've won uh, multiple of the MVP awards in the last few years. And then, uh, obviously, Justin Herbert would be in that, kind of that same camp. How about Dak on the on the redemption tour? Um, people are going to love it if they actually if the Cowboys actually are able to win that division and make the playoffs. I think Dak is easy money for an MVP award here. Dak is running away with the last year for sure. Here, here do you won comeback player of the year, right? <laughs> yes, basically he did. print it. Yeah, for sure. Pr- pretty much. I, obviously, Josh Allen's a sexy pick. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. And the, the only receiving core that comes even close to the Bucks is Dallas. I mean, Gallup as your third is is pretty insane. Yeah. So so hypothetically, back to uh, Jalen Hurts, which I'm very fine with because he's uh, one of my quarterbacks in fantasy. And obviously, I've, I've had a man crush on him mm-hmm. since he got drafted. Um, with, is win-loss 
what what kind of goes to the voters or is winning the division what kind of goes to the voters so if they can win the division maybe a weaker division with you know nine maybe ten wins but he just puts up insane numbers because that defense is so terrible does does that outweigh like a team that goes you know 14 and three I, I think it does honestly I really do um especially depending on which team it is, like we talked about Brady, where it's like, oh, well, that team's already really good, so it doesn't matter if they win more games, you know? He's not the MVP because that team would have been good without him, but it's like... It's like all the years that Belichick didn't win Coach of the Year when they win, like, 14 games. It's like... Without Jalen Hurts, this team is not even close. Then, yeah, I think you definitely get more of that argument and that debate, especially with because people are really down on Jalen Hurts. A lot of people are, right? So if he goes out and puts up a a great performance, then it's going to kind of swing the other way. Well, I'll, I'll be rooting for him. I'd, I'd like to see uh, forty-five hundred yards and eleven hundred yards rushing, seventy total touchdowns. I mean, I think it's I think it's doable um, if he's able to stay healthy. All right, uh, defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald. Uh, <laughs> let's take Aaron Donald out of the conversation. I see. That's the thing. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, a lot of these, I'm like, okay, this is the logical pick, and then sexy pick. It's just like I don't even want to do a sexy pick with Aaron Donald. Yeah, my dark horse <laughs> is gonna be Daniel Hunter. Okay. That, that, that's a guy that I guarantee you has tremendous odds right now. If, if, if you're looking to actually make some money on a good futures, uh, Daniel Hunter apparently looks better than ever. Yeah, and, and, for, and for those of you that don't know, uh, Aaron, when Aaron Donald wins MVP, he'll, he'll have the most defensive NFL MVPs out of anyone that's ever played the game. But uh, my sexy pick, which also will be competing with Dak for uh, comeback player of the year, um, Derwin James, baby. He's going to have a monster year. And truthfully, my uh, one of the things I'll be talking, I, I'll save it for Sunday, but I got some fun props coming with the uh, Chargers and Rams. I, I want to kind of go off the beaten path a little bit here. Um, we often so do. We, we, <laughs> we think that the Bucks are going to have a pretty good defense here. Who's the guy who, you know, made the, all the flashes in the playoffs? I'm going to take Devin White as like a like a long shot pick here just because he's the guy who's been getting all the recognition on that defense coming into his own third year player in this system, you know, kind of playing that Luke Keekley like just really stud linebacker, um, forcing interceptions and fumbles and stuff like that and just an absolute monster wreaking havoc on that side of the ball. I'm going to go with Devin White. They need to sign him to a 10-year deal now. He's going to have a Ray Lewis impact. No, now's not the time to do it. Well, with, yeah. with, with the performance he just did, uh, you almost hope he takes a step back just so you can sign him for a reasonable price because yeah. he's going to be ridiculous. Yep, definitely. As you guys look over the, the games this week, what interests you? I'm going to tell you uh, there are some insane games this week. Uh, it might be one of the most exciting weeks of the season. Um, you talk about Packers. Packers, New Orleans, uh, Cleveland, Kansas City, Miami, New England, uh, even like Games like Chicago Rams. I mean, Miami, uh, New England, we got, you know, is Tua for real? And then you got Mac on that other side of the ball. That could be, you know, potentially a division game. Really important. Low-key, entertaining as fuck game this weekend. Philadelphia, Atlanta. <laughs> yes. Telling you, it's Def- going to be entertaining if nothing else. Uh, that's going to be a fantasy game. That's, are, that's a fantasy game to watch. We might wrap sure. up the uh, number one overall pick. <laughs> Those are horrendous teams, both of them. And if you think Atlanta's doing this, anything this year, you're fucking nuts. Atlanta's going to be terrible. There's a lot of people on Atlanta. I don't get it. Insanity. I don't get if, it. If they win five games, I'll be shocked. Um, I think the Steelers-Bills game could be pretty fun. Uh, Absolutely. That that definitely is, is you know, a big one to watch. Um, Chiefs-Browns, obviously, you know, it's going to be a big game. Are the Browns for real? Are they finally going to show us, you know, some kind of uh, – 
achievement on the expectations is that is what's on paper going to show up in the game for sure um but i i really like i like chargers in washington yeah. a lot yes because i think the chargers are a lot of people's kind of dark horse is, is something that could threaten the chiefs i think for a lot of people washington's kind of a sexy pick to win the division there's a lot of pieces there really good defense is Fitzpatrick gonna, you know, do his two teams trying to make a step forward? Right. And are we gonna Dude. get like the customary three weeks of Fitzmagic right up front? Like, when's that coming? If you're a Raiders fan, the disrespect of Vegas, Baltimore is still a five and a half point favorite on the road in Vegas's first game oh. ever with, at home. with fans. With fans, yeah. that, that that's all that matters. Yeah, it's all that matters. Yeah. That it's, I mean, it's insane. I mean, how how many Ravens fans are gonna be in the stadium? All of them. <laughs> So that's that's part of the reason. I mean, I would take Bishop Sycamore over <laughs> Vegas, <laughs> dude. I I mean, straight up though, that that is disrespectful. And I'm fucking, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put some money in on that game. That 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 is horrible. Baltimore is so bad right now. They they are they're so on the ropes. They might have a running back that comes in on Saturday and plays on Sunday. So so, who do you think is gonna is, still do you think anyone anyone's able to pull in, pull in an upset? Is who's who's the team that we're talking about? Come you know Monday or Tuesday uh, that that you know whoa I didn't see that coming. I mean that's the pick just because I think with the line I mean I think Vegas is a really good pick for that. Um, and you you talk about like the style of on- offense they run too, and a guy the fact that like, there's a guy in a practice squad right now who's probably going to take a bulk of the carries for the Ravens. That spread option like there's that mesh point is fucking scary with a guy who doesn't have the feel. Who doesn't know the way that Lamar puts it in there? Doesn't you know? Doesn't have that feel for that. Are the, the Raiders going to be able to stop anybody? I maybe. I don't know. I don't have much faith in Gruden, but like they're in, they're in bad shape. I think the Ravens are just bad shape, and, and morale has to be at an all time low. I think the the thing that could be interesting. I mean, I like to see Cleveland knock off KC. Oh, I'd love it. Love, I'd love to see it. Um, but most exciting for me, it touches back on that Chargers game. Fully anticipating the Chargers to lay a thumping, a thumping on Washington, so that everyone will be uh, coming around to what I've been seeing with them. Um, but uh, I think the biggest um, upset, if if you will, the uh, most surprised team, surprise, surprise, the Arizona Cardinals will beat the Tennessee Titans this week. That that would definitely do it. That would get all of our attention. Um, the game I'm probably most interested in watching, though, Packers at Saints. Jameis Winston at home, you know, starting the Aaron Rodgers let your let your world on fire tour. Yep. Um, New Orleans is actually a pretty tough place to play at home. Uh, that four o'clock slate is going to be gripping. Does anyone else kind of hope that that uh, that Packers Saints game is kind of like last year, but maybe like a forty five forty one type finish, just everyone lighting it up? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm hoping for. I think I think I'm going to be betting almost exclusive dogs this week. Uh, I, I think we're going to see a lot of upsets when I look over the schedule. I, I love the New Orleans call. I think I think that will 100% be an upset. Uh, I could see Miami upsetting New England. Um, I, I honestly I could I wouldn't even blow my mind if Cincy upset Minnesota with with everything that's coming out of Minnesota camp. They are really a dumpster fire right now in terms of like how they look. And Zimmer is just throwing them under the bus. A, every single chance he gets, which is not a good sign. That means that Zimmer does not like what he sees. Uh, even Indy over Seattle, I think Seattle's going to low-key suck this year. Um, if Saquon's healthy, I, I think they could be Denver. Like yeah. there's, there's, there's some interesting dogs for sure. It's going to be an amazing week of football. Why, it's going to so be a lot of fun. Why is Baltimore Vegas Monday night? The but, stadium. 
Is that yeah, it? Definitely for the stadium. That it's on the West Coast. So like they're able to. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the slate. I'm like that. Like what a waste. There's so many good games that are are not in prime time. A, a right. Cheapest ticket in that stadium is probably 290 bucks easily. I just can't wait till uh, we have like four games that reach in that 60, 70 point mark, and then Miami beats New England six three because no, no one's throwing the ball. They're just playing defense and you know, kind of not babying their quarterbacks, but not trying to put them in bad positions. That's gonna be the lowest scoring game of the of the week, I think. All right, so before we get to the Super Bowl picks for everybody, so I'm going to give everybody one chance to take a mulligan on something they said earlier this season, this offseason. You know, well, now that we have some more information. Like, I know some people were definitely high on the Ravens. Do they change their mind there? Well, yeah, so I, I'll start it out. And I, I, I took the Ravens to win the division. I still think that they would have given, given their roster. But with the loss of both their RB1 and RB2, who they very much rely and RB3. on. Yeah, and RB3. Like, we're, we're talking um, catastrophic failure. I, I, take them from, I take them from the winner to the division. I think I had them at 11 wins to uh, by, by far the loser. So who wins for you? Uh, in that, I would go Browns now. Okay. Um, anybody else have anything particular that they want to mulligan on? I'm not going to waste my mulligan on that because I already had the Browns win the division. And, like, obviously, like... It, Everything I said was before that. So, you know what? If, yeah. you, if you're upset about that, you know, fuck you. Mm. Uh, uh, so, so I'm going to take a mulligan. I was on the Giants uh, at the beginning of this offseason, but I still all reports out of their camp, their offensive line has looked absolutely horrible. They're fucking um, retiring they're, and shit. They're having, they're having tons of injuries and stuff pop up. Um, Daniel Jones has looked awful at quarterback. I'm going to switch to the Washington football team um, because I just I can't, I can't do it. I, I don't have any faith in what the Giants have going on right now. Yeah, I love it. Everyone's going to blame Daniel Jones, but no receivers are out there. Evan Ingram's out. Barkley probably yeah, won't play. Lots, if, lots of injuries. The whole offensive line's gone. Kid never never stood a chance. I think I'm bigger on the Rams than I was before. To be honest with you, um, I think I had them third. I think I, I think they're going to they're going to challenge the 49ers for the top of that division. So, so who wins? I still think the 49ers, but I think the Seahawks are third now. Okay. I, 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 I'm bigger on the Rams than I was. Uh, a little bit, I, little bit closer to me. Any anything for Marcus? No. Oh no, I'm, I was spot on all, oh, all, okay. all, all off season. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Okay, have no all right. regrets. All right, then uh, we'll, we'll start with you. Give us your Super Bowl pick, and you know, teams and winner. Beauty before age. All right. Um, we were talking about it earlier. Uh, I think a couple pods ago. Rams, Chargers in SoFi. Rams win. End of story. Okay. But both both are going to be the home and away team for the Super Bowl. Top that one, Tom. You know, it's weird. I, I have I have the Rams too. Uh, Rams over Bills. Uh, I Super Bowl favorites. I got to go to the Chiefs. I mean, I, I I think there's no way the Chiefs don't represent the AFC, and I think the 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 Bucks benefited last year from a ridiculous momentum switch. And the fact that Patrick Mahomes got fucking injured in the in the Browns game, I I see the Chiefs winning again this year. So I'm gonna go Bucks Browns, and I'm gonna have uh, Tom Brady winning what number eight it is, just because got to got to go home flavor there. Mm, shocking. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was like, you know what? Let's make it sexy. Yeah. I don't I don't want to be like, oh, it's the Chiefs. Like, I, I'd be I'd be happy with that. 
but the Chiefs could do it. I'll for tickets sure. for sale next season. Um, so, <laughs> r- r- real quick one for you here, Drew. Uh, as far as Kansas City goes, if Kelsey happens to pull a, a, a Kittle goes down early in the season, still Super Bowl favorites for you. What? If if, uh, if Travis Kelsey pulls a Georgie Kittle and gets hurt for the year early on. No way. I mean, if, if Kelsey goes down, that, that's a huge loss for Kansas City. You see what the Can- Kansas City does. If they ever go down, they have the luxury of literally just targeting only Kelsey, and they can come back in every game. He's why they're allowed to have McColl Hardman at wide receiver, too. Yeah. Their receivers are super weak. Yeah. Seriously. I, outside of Kelsey, I'm I'm sorry. I, I, I still think um, you put cheat on any other team i think he's just a guy yeah, not not many people could throw it that far to keep up with him yep i i'm telling you that guy that guy is a really really fast player and a, and a good weapon when he's with patrick mahomes but anyways any other closing remarks all right we're gonna go but we didn't we purposely didn't talk about it we're gonna go watch this uh bucks game good night everyone